0: Airbooks Books presents Ending Samsara, written by J.W. Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 1, Chapter 18, A Last-Minute Replacement Jordana sat in her cubicle with her headphones on. She'd spent the day storming through a packed workload. Presently, she was editing her latest podcast, and flitting occasionally to a second monitor to write up the key topics for the corresponding web article. In the video, she was interviewing a Trinidadian police officer named Jonah via Skype. The piece was also to be accompanied with a detailed retraction. It absolutely pained her to write this, seeing as she'd had no input into the original article, but she had recommended Rubin, the junior writer responsible. Mr. O'Malley was livid when the news had reached him. he jabbed his finger and raised his voice and pounded his hairy fist on his desk. You vouched for him, he'd yelled, spraying the air with spittle. All Jordana could do was apologise. Reuben had been offered legitimate sources for interviews in Trinidad. She couldn't understand why he'd spoken with an unknown boy instead. Perhaps he was taken in by the child's stories. She'd watched the interview. He was rather convincing. The boy claimed deep connections to local gangs and relayed vivid experiences. However, after close scrutiny from other tabloids, every word of it was revealed to be false. The boy had brazenly misrepresented reality, fashioning a string of fictitious events and names. She couldn't blame him. He was undoubtedly poor on looking for a quick book. Her anger was directed at herself for becoming stranded in Chicago and at Rubin for conducting the interview in her stead. She'd rubber-stamped him to her boss and offered him the opportunity of his career, and in return, he'd left a nasty blot on her reputation. Against her better judgment, she'd even told Mr O'Malley to let Rubin keep his job, and while the editor, of course, didn't listen, she could at least rest easy in the knowledge that she had no part in the young man's sacking. By the time the full scope of the adolescent's deception was revealed, he'd pulled the same trick on at least three other journalists from different media outlets. It was too late. The article had associated footage and already been published. As someone familiar with practically every news story worth hearing, Jordana couldn't help but harbour suspicions that the unreliable interviewee was the same unnamed child responsible for the investigation and prompt arrest of Trinidad citizen Patrice Beenhauer, otherwise known as The Ghost. The South African-born cyber hacker was responsible for a string of serious offences, and his mugshot alone gave Jordana chills. Whatever the identity of this child, who happened to be the same age, Jordana prayed that he was currently in safe hands. Mr. Beenhauer seemed like someone you would not want to cross and despite being incarcerated, he was reportedly still an influential figure, with people on the outside primed to enact his revenge. Before long, Jordana had finished editing her video, her incisive and efficient interview style, making it an easy task. With this completed, she bit the bullet and reluctantly started to write the contract retraction. She'd barely finished the first grovelling sentence when she received a tap on the shoulder. Lily, my office, please, Mr. O'Malley said abruptly. He sounded solemn and seemed uncharacteristically rattled as he marched across the newsroom floor. She locked her computer and followed shortly after. When she entered his office, he was sat at his desk with his hands clasped together. If this is about the retraction... It's not, the editor interrupted. Close the door and take a seat. She dutifully obliged. We're screwed, Lily. I need your help. Despite not having a clue what the issue was, Jordana felt a tiny rush of gratification upon hearing the words. After everything that had transpired in the last month, it just felt satisfying to be approached for help. What's the problem? Our huge exclusive tomorrow. Mr. O'Malley sighed and shook his head. We've been well and truly shafted, Lily. What's happened? Roger Farnsby. He's pulled out at the last second. What? How come? I'll be damned if I know. Someone must have got to him, told him to keep his mouth shut. Oh God, Jordana said. This is bad. It's the most we've ever plugged a developing story. There's so much buzz around it. If we don't follow through on this. You don't need to tell me. Who the hell do you think is going to get it in the neck? They could can me for an F up as big as this. Don't be crazy. They can't do that. The podcasts are what separates us from the other outlets, Lily. We produce the most watched interviews and more viral clips than any other organisation on earth. But if we're honest, the guests are what makes us. If we don't continue to secure captivating interviews, we'll lose our grip. Like anything, it won't happen all at once. It'll be small incremental slip-ups and before we know it, we're not number one anymore. Okay, how do you suggest we remedy this? Look, I'm just going to come right out with it. Jordana looked at her boss expectantly. He broke eye contact with her and stared at his desk. We've promised the world a powerful billionaire with insight on the progress of artificial intelligence. We've lost the one we secured. Simply put, we need to replace him with another one. Jordana frowned. I don't think I follow you, boss. I hate to ask this, but let's just cut the crap, yeah? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Sir, I... Edgar Lombard. Are you following me now? Jordana felt her heart rate double. What the hell do you know about... I know you're screwing him, okay? Half the newsroom knows. Christ, his wife probably knows. Vince, what the hell? Jordana never referred to her boss by his first name. She was in such shock that she couldn't help herself. What you do in your personal life is your own damn business, Lily, and I frankly couldn't care less but you've got an ace in your pocket, a contact so valuable it'd be a travesty not to use it right now. Absolutely not, Jordana yelped. I won't. Think about it like a grown-up. You just phone him up, put on your sexiest voice and ask him nicely. You'd be carrying out the interview yourself. There's no way this wouldn't blast your career into the stratosphere. Do you have any idea how busy he is? He'd say no. You don't know that, Mr O'Malley crossed his arms. Not until you speak to him. That's all I'm asking. Just speak to him. If he can't do it, he can't do it. For the first time in the five years she'd known him, she found it difficult to look at her boss. They'd had numerous fallouts in her tenure at TerraCast. Times where she'd disliked his attitude, times where she'd disappointed or infuriated him, and vice versa. But this was different. She'd always respected him. What do you want, Lily? Do you want me to beg? She couldn't stand it. His posture, the bulging veins below his receding hairline, the vague shimmer in his eyes, it was unspeakably repulsive, and even being placed in this position was nauseating. I'll see what I can do, she said, avoiding his eye contact and leaving the office so quickly she could barely acknowledge his fervent spray of gratitude. Whenever Jordana was fully honest with herself, she had to concede that some of her morals were dubious. Dating married men was unquestionably at the top of her sordid list, especially given that she'd done it more than once in the last year. However, when it came to her career, she'd always prided herself on maintaining what she viewed as unshakable professional integrity. Her father was one of the most eminent war correspondents of his generation, and not once had she resorted to using his reputation to further her own career. It had been the reason for her electing to study at the University of Toronto instead of Carlton despite being accepted at both. It was why she never mentioned him while networking. It was why she'd adopted her mother's maiden name for every journalistic piece she'd ever written. She'd built an impressive career in the last eight years on the back of simply being exceptional. Only now... Was she on the cusp of compromising this? Merely as a temporary distraction, she finished the retraction and emailed it over. With this done, she was forced to consider his suggestion. A few factors were up in the air. She assumed, for example, that Mr O'Malley would not fire her for being unable to secure the interview, but for not even bothering to try. She could certainly envision him axing her for that. She could, of course, lie something she'd contemplate if not for her editor's unparalleled bullshit detector. Jordana finally settled on the middle road. She would call Edgar, but it'd be a simple yes or no proposition. There'd be no attempt at sweet talking and no unscrupulous coaxing. Can you do the interview tomorrow or not? This would be the way she'd phrase it. She picked up her phone, then one quick glance across the crowded newsroom, Coupled with her boss's claim that her dirty laundry was already out to air, steered her into making the call elsewhere. She put on her jacket and headed for the lobby. He probably won't even answer. This comforting thought crept into her head as she slumped into a chair and tapped the dial key beside his name. After the first two rings, she considered how many consecutive attempts would be reasonable, promptly settling on three. Hello? Hello? His voice startled her after at least a dozen unanswered rings. Ah, hi Edgar, is this a bad time? Say yes, please say yes. George, no, what's up? I was just thinking about you. You were? Yeah, well, you, and last week on your sofa. Great sex talk, Jordana thought. The perfect start to a professional discussion. She giggled awkwardly. I'm afraid this is more of a business call. Huh? Jordana quickly explained the situation about her company losing the monumental interview with Roger Farnsby and her boss's eagerness to find an equivalent replacement. She omitted O'Malley's knowledge of their relationship, but included his level of desperation and that the video recording would need to air live tomorrow. So would you be able to or not? I'd completely understand if you couldn't. Hmm, he started, then the line fell silent. You really don't. It's probably for the best that Roger pulled out. That man has absolutely zero PR skills. He'd end up saying something completely regrettable. I've heard that about him. And it'd be you carrying out the interview. Yes, Jordana quickly responded, hoping that he'd find the idea uncomfortable. Well, if it was anyone else, it'd be a flat no. And I am rather tied up tomorrow. You'd have to fly to Florida. Would that be something you could do? Um, yeah? Jordan answered honestly, thoroughly disliking where the conversation appeared to be heading. I'd have to brief you beforehand and tell you the questions you're simply not allowed to ask. Edgar laughed. I'm also going to assume you won't play hardball. Wait, Jordana said. Does this mean it's a yes? Edgar laughed again. You sound surprised. I just assumed you'd be too busy. I can always make time for you. Besides, Edgar lowered his voice. What a perfect cover for sharing the same hotel. She laughed. It was an apparently girlish laugh that she inwardly scolded herself for. I'll have my assistant book you a room and send you over the details. Got to go. Ciao. A wave of conflicting emotions instantly descended on Jordana. She could not deny that part of her was satisfied to procure such a high-profile meeting but this was indissolubly accompanied by a fierce desire to shower. Better tell boss the good news, she thought. She returned to the newsroom, irrationally convinced that each colleague who laid eyes on her was aware of what she'd just done. After knocking and tentatively opening Mr. O'Malley's door, she noticed the swiftness of his head rising from his screen and his preceding glare of expectation. "'I've sorted it,' she said simply." It was as if she'd awarded him a winning lottery ticket. Both his eyes and grin were as wide as she's ever seen them. Are you serious? Yeah, tomorrow evening, but I need to be in Florida. Of course, I'll get accounts to arrange your flights immediately. Mr O'Malley started to rumble. Would you rather leave in the morning or tonight? Where would you like to stay? Pick wherever, it can go on my expenses. Tomorrow morning is fine and don't worry about the hotel. "'Oh, I see,' O'Malley smirked, and it made her want to vomit. "'Did you finish that retraction? We'll have to publish that, but how are you getting on with the other story? If you want, we can delay it. I'm sure you're eager to prep for tomorrow.' "'It's okay, I'll finish the Trini story.' She thought of something, but would you mind if I take a break? I need to make another call. "'Christ, take as long as you need. Are you sure about the story? We can delay, honestly.' Jordana was certain she could have asked to take her boss's Bentley for a joyride in that moment, and he'd have let her. No, it's okay, it won't take long, she turned to leave the office. Lily, he said, causing her to turn back. I won't forget this. Your stock in this company has just risen tenfold. Um, thanks, boss, she replied. Although the comment was clearly meant to be encouraging, it pierced her like a bleed. Four years of her finest, most painstaking work all outshone by calling in a favour from a love interest. She felt a lurch in her stomach, throwing up was a viable prospect, but she returned to the lobby and made another call instead. Coach, she said, man am I happy to hear your voice right now. Hey, what's happening? Jordana quickly summarised her tale of woe, her distress in compromising all journalistic integrity for a juicy interview and complicating the already thorny situation she refused to rid herself of. As usual, Coach simply listened, intermittently interjecting with open-ended questions that forced Jordana to highlight hidden intuitions and underlying motives to herself more than to anyone. I just don't know if I can bring myself to do it. What do you imagine is the alternative? Refuse, but I hardly think that's even an option. Even drastic decisions remain valid when you feel strongly enough about something. Jordana paused, considering the statement. Coach was, of course, right. While abandoning the interview would almost certainly result in her being fired, to suggest it wasn't an option would be disingenuous. Yeah, she said, releasing a sigh. I guess I need to decide what's really important to me. I suppose as you have until tomorrow morning. If you'd like to learn more about JW Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Book's podcast, we're on all your favourite social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode.